Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and pop culture collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zandbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in the studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the annual wine tasting holiday show. Welcome to the show. And welcome, everybody, Tish, Paula, Nick, Scott, Danielle. Danielle, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to you. What, um, what year is this? How many? Four? Four or five, Paula? So I was going to ask Bart that because I had to do the math myself. This is five. Five. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. You know what? I'll drink to that. All right. Cheers to five Let's years. start there. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers, Nick. Cheers. And just for the sake of the audience, there are three of us, four of us here in office, Danielle, Paula, Tish, and myself. And then we have our friends, Nick and Scott, remotely in Texas. So this is going to be fun. And here's what I can tell you for sure. I cannot guarantee how the show is going to end, <laughs> but I can guarantee we're going to have some fun. Yes. Definitely. Is compliance going to be okay with guarantee? Well, I don't know. We're having we'll, we'll ask Emily later. We'll, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let us start. The purpose of today's show is not just to have fun, but what we like to do is share our experiences with wine. And we have a couple holidays coming up. We have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas and the Christmas-ish um, holidays that are all celebrated. People have different tastes and different style meals. And so today's show, uh, much different than the previous years where I have used my personal collection, everyone here on the show has brought their most favorite wine that they have during the holidays. And guess what? Everyone is going to share why they brought their wine, anything they know about their wine, history of their wine, if they know it. And uh, we're going to have some fun. So we have between the uh, six of us, seven wines. <laughs> How does that bath work out? <laughs> or your boy Barb uh, brought two because I, I didn't want the white wine to be left out. So I, okay. I filled a gap. Okay. So we are starting with a, uh, just just in high level sense, we are starting with a sparkling wine, which I'll let Tish discuss. We're gonna go to a white, and then we're gonna progress up through different reds. We'll talk about what it pairs well with, and uh, again, why each of us like what we brought. And with that, Tish, you are first up. What did you bring us? Nice, okay. Hopefully everyone has poured themselves a glass. And for the people who are watching, it's a Vouv Rose Champagne from France. And I'm really excited to have this one. I love bubbles. Anyone who knows me, Vouv is my favorite. And I love during the holidays Rose because I feel like it's really fun. It's light. It's fresh. It starts off really well. And I feel like it's a good conversation. It goes down really smooth. <laughs> Maybe a little too smooth. Yeah, it goes down really smooth and I really enjoy it. So I feel like um, it's not overwhelming. It's not too big of a, a punch with the wine for me. And it yeah. pairs really well with appetizers. And I feel like when I drink, I sometimes need to nibble in the beginning because otherwise, um, if you guys know me, I don't 
I can't drink a lot. I can't drink a lot of quantities. Things, things <laughs> so, don't always end. <laughs> so what I drink matters. And so that being said, things that it would be paired really well with, if you were going to start with an appetizer, if you were going to have like red fruits or cold cuts or like a shrimp platter or smoked salmon with some cheeses, I think that would be really well Um it brings out the flavor of the champagne. And um, if you're going to have dinner, some families have duck. And so that would pair as well with the duck um, Very nice. combination. Okay, Art. explain the actual wine quality. That was going to be my question. So yeah. between regular vu and yeah. the rosé vu, and the pink color, what's causing the pink color? What's what's the difference here? Yeah. So let's, so let's break oh, it down. A um, you didn't know that, did you? I did. Okay. Because I read so, it for this, for this uh, podcast. <laughs> you prepped yourself. <laughs> all right. So that, to answer your question, I, I will ask you all. Um, and there is a cracker as a as a as a prize. <laughs> um, what are the what are the grapes in a champagne? Chardonnay. Good, Nick. Yeah. Scott, I'm Blend. counting on you. I believe in you. You got it, Scott. The the different grapes? The different grapes yeah, of sure. We've oh, covered Pino. one. Pinot Noir. Pinot Great. Noir. Great. Third one is very obscure. It's Pinot. And I, I, I have it's a French word that I have a hard time saying. And then you were. Good. Because <laughs> I would have said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so to answer your questions, uh, some champagnes are, if it says Blanc de Blanc, that means it's just Chardonnay. But a traditional champagne made in traditional champagne style in the region of Champagne has typically 50% Chardonnay, 50% Pinot Noir. In the case of uh, Tisha's fine wine, it has that uh, 13% of the, I, I don't want to say it again because it sounds terrible, newer. <laughs> but it's the comment. So what I love about it, it's the combination of the two wines I love yeah. the most. I love Chardonnay if I'm going to go white, exactly. and I love Pinot if I'm going to go red. So it's a this perfect, is a perfect, perfect combo match. for um, me. And so, Nick, to answer your question, it's it's more skin of the Pinot Noir that will cause the rosé color, mm -hmm. and then the flavor. The flavor, obviously, the flavor is different than a brute that would be the traditional um, when it's Why? more fifty. Yeah. yeah, got it. Um, and it's fantastic. Oh, it yeah. is very one. It's it's wonderful. It's very smooth. And you, like Bart says, you can drink champagne with anything. Yeah, rosé all day, every day. Rosé, right. right? Day or night, hot or cold, happy <laughs> or sad. <laughs> it's always there for you. And interesting about the Blue House. It's it, it first came about in the mid 1700s, and then um, in the early 1800s. The first champagne was actually made, um, and I think late 1850, 1875 was the first rosé um, champagne. Awesome. So Melissa and I have actually been there. We've been to Reims. Uh, we took the, the bullet train from Paris down to Reims mm -hmm. and, and toured Vouv as well as a few others. Um, and it, it's an incredible experience. It, it's now a very industrial area, but... Um, you go down into the caves of very, very clay-like soil. That's a chalky soil, excuse me, a chalky soil to where it's almost, when you scratch the walls in the caves, it is very much like just a, a kind of a, a cool, wet, 
piece of chalk, if you will. And that's what really gives it its quality and stores at the proper temperature. I found that to be very, very interesting. But it's also a monk. Um, those used to be monasteries, basically. And that's the right. origination of those caves and taverns that the wine is still is still uh, made in. Yeah, so I was going to add to that because Tina and I have been there as well. And while there are some industrial areas, there's still a lot of churches that are just, regardless yeah. of whatever affiliation you have, the churches are just beautiful architecture. And um, it's a cool, beautiful little town. I bet. Yeah. And not far from Paris. It's definitely a day trip from Paris. Huh. Yep. Now, okay. on, on champagnes, can you rest them like you do big, bold, cabs that need to lay down and, and rest. It, it, does the same hold true for champagnes? So I, I'm going to say yes on, on true champagne and champagne method. Matter of fact, it's, it's custom and I'm, um, I haven't done it for Tehani yet, but to buy a bottle of the year of your child and then, you know, 18, 20 years later, pop it. Wow. And they're still oh, great. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so that happened for the, the kids. <laughs> All right. So is there any champagne in California? No, no. no. Oh, you guys aren't falling for my trick question. <laughs> it is podcast number five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're finally catching on. You We've learned at least one thing. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So what this cast of characters has all learned is that <laughs> only be produced in the region of champagne cast of characters i, I know. don't know if the publicist likes that phrase but write that down. we're only one glass in right <laughs> just as a side note uh while i guess there's some video you can see glasses we here in california are drinking our champagne out of a chardonnay glass Trad the new movement in champagne is to drink out of a slightly smart not a flute anymore it's to get the full balance of the smell along with the taste, more of a, so that would be more flute-esque, Nick, mm -hmm. um, more of a, like a Sauve Blanc glass. So a, like a typical white wine glass of a non-Chardonnay. So our big red, our big wide is, is a Riedel uh, manufactured variety, varietally specific Chardonnay glass right here. Wow. Hmm. I've okay. seen few restaurants between Los Angeles and San Diego now serving a lot of champagnes, whether it's rosé or regular champagne in the like 1920s old fashioned champagne goblets. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, more, more. they're kind of transitioning to that. It's interesting to I, see. I have seen that too. And I, I have mm -hmm. not embraced that glass as of yet. I have embraced them and I have purchased them. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just say, I think primarily for me is that I am a, bit on the clumsy side and oh. it doesn't take much to have spill a glass all over your self in those glasses. Okay, noted. <laughs> so if you invite me into your home, please give me a traditional glass because your floor would be very wet. Will do. No problem. <laughs> all right. Are we moving from champagne? We are moving okay. from champagne. Numeral dose. All right. So who in this room? No, so in fairness, begrudgingly, because uh, Tish, wonderful selection. Although I will say, bite inflation is very real with the price of this bottle of champagne. Um, it has gone up in price considerably. It's about doubled from uh, where I would typically expect a booth champagne. What? Um, 
Did you say double, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, maybe all, it's Texas. All, you know, all joking aside, yeah, maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe that's true, but I doubt it. Um, the pricing of wine and, and price points and all of that, it's, if you have any input there, Bart, it's certainly um, a nice additive of. Well, like anything else, um, it's what supply and demand. There's been the transportation of, there's fuel costs. Um, so that has certainly affected. Um, I don't know, maybe you all in Texas pay more for wine than we do here. Um, I've seen Vuv not double. I've seen it maybe 10% higher. Are you just okay. seen, was it your normal price? I would say we're, I, um, I've seen it across the board depending on where I go. But the best, the best deal I found was actually no plugs intended was at Costco. Right. I love it when they have, and it, they often have it, and the rosé they have. Yeah. yeah. It was substantially more at the um, traditional grocery store compared to. Yeah, and I think that's important. You know, where, where you obtain wine is the price yeah. varies dramatically. And even from, you know, some restaurants are very fair in their pricing. Some restaurants are not. I think it's important for consumers to have some awareness of shopping, wow. even on the, the restaurant list for deals. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So in my selection for a white wine, which would be the progression through a holiday meal, um, I have chosen a Chenin Blanc. And most of you are looking at me like, you love Chardonnay. Why do you have a Chenin Blanc? <laughs> so uh, here's my little story. So, and I'm going to ask anyone who listens to the show that knows my wife, uh, please do not repeat any of this because there are some parts <laughs> that should not be um, should not be exposed to I'm remind that you, is the this fact is that recorded. I, that I have a, uh, an offsite wine cellar and, uh, and I normally keep good track of what I have in there. And you know, sometimes you get busy and you throw things in and you kind of forget. And so in my process of re getting reacquainted with what I have in my <laughs> cellar and reorganizing and labeling it. So you'd be very happy if anything is every single bo bottle is labeled like this one is barcoded it tells oh, that me, makes me so happy. exactly the location Perfect. and whatever seller that i have i have three exactly the location and where it is I have I have three people appreciate that <laughs> anyway so my point to that whole story and the reason that my wife should not know is that i have wine in there that i that i didn't realize i had and, and it's really accumulating and um as i was going through i saw this case uh and it was 2011 shannon blanc Older Bosch. Like, there's no way in 2022, a 2011, you know, basically a light wine is going to be any good. I'm like, I got it here. Let me just, I'll, I'll take it home and try it out. And I open it and it's a screw cap. Okay. Uh, open it up and tried it. And it was fantastic. Fantastic. And most of you know, too, that I've gone in my Chardonnay, I've gone more towards a Chablis style, like so less oak or no oak. So I am looking for more crisp, lower oak or neutral oak. And uh, I've been addicted to it pretty much ever since. So I blew through that case relatively quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and have since bought another. And I thought, this is great. And I think it's a great substitute for Chardonnay. Uh, it is its own grape. This one, by the way, I didn't mention Mulder uh, Bosch, is from South Africa. And I am also trying to expand my exposure to wines from different regions of the world. Um, and I know you're not a white wine drinker. Are you? I'm not. Can you tolerate it? I can tolerate it. Yes. Okay. 
Okay. This is my first South African wine of any kind. Wow, so you've not even had a Pinotage before. Ne never, no, never this, even heard this of that. This is the first. A variety of uh, Pinot Noir. Tish, what do you think? You're my, you're my Chardonnay partner. What do you think? I like it. It's really smooth. And it I has... didn't hear enthusiasm yet. Did you really like it? Yeah. I feel like this with my new risotto recipe would be delicious. This is what I yeah. wish. One of the... This would go with risotto. I feel like this might work, actually. Thank yeah. you. So I... Appreciate you could that. bring it as a, like, you bring your red as your, like, this is my go-to, but for your guests, like, this is what really goes with my risotto. Okay. I like this. This is a good game plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a new case. So what do you, Sorry, what are you getting? Are you getting lime and pear? Pear is great. Pear, ripe apricots, really subtle oak. It's very nice. It's very smooth. And so you would pair this with definitely shellfish, seafood, 100%. maybe some grill, grilled tuna. Correct. Or in the kind of the holiday scheme, maybe with this with a salad or even the cheese plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, depending mm -hmm. on how you you progress in your holiday meals. And you want Something to hear with some citrus. That would be great. Yeah, maybe even some dried fruit, cheese. Um. When I went to buy the the next case, I'm like, this, I I anticipated to be like very expensive. Like I really like this. I'll you know, I, whatever it is, twelve dollars a bottle. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. It has to be because it's South African, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you, that's the thing about buying wine, and it's um, knowing certain regions in the world that are that are wonderful wines, but at at a pretty substantial discount, right? So yeah. my question is, when this case comes, is this going to be a case that sits for 10 years? Or are you going to drink it sooner? It's half gone. <laughs> <laughs> Half's in the office and, you know, Got with it. my crew. Just That's checking. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What do you guys think on your side? I know that, Nick, you're not a big white wine drinker, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I am a white wine drinker for the white wine. Do okay. not lie. No, white white wine. White you right. are a liar. It's got to be the right one. That's the key. I I, I like bone dry okay. white wines. I'm not a. I don't like residual sweetness of any kind on my whites. Um, I'm not a huge oaky guy, but this wine is fantastic. Like how how we've said we would pair it with a salad or or a starting cheese course. I could totally see this um within that i think it's i think it's really good because it is dry there's not a lot of sweetness to it at all yeah, that's what i thought and for 12 dollars <laughs> all day long yeah. no problem right what, all what's right. interesting about this bar and then i guess we can move on is so i find so you particularly enjoy this however your palate is not um akin to sav blanc but there's fruit and citrus and pear in this, which in many cases is that similar to a, Sau a Savion Blanc. That's an excellent point. And I will, I will checkmate you there. So what is the missing component on this wine from a Sauv Blanc? I, I do not know. Bell pepper and green grass, which I do mm. not like. Especially in your, 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 your Kiwi land. It's, it's California and New Zealand, their Sauv Blancs are so 
so much sun that it gets so ripe and then the the grass and the bell pepper that's my turnoff now a saw blanc from france um i could do and i actually like i enjoy got it okay good to know okay we are moving on guess whose turn it is Heinola. pinot noir Ooh, okay, so yeah, you pour. Um, yeah. That is I mean, I begrudgingly pour out what little bit left that we have. Here we go. Um, this is Scott Heinle's wine. So Melissa and I, uh, we are our, our my wife Melissa and I. Our journey for for wine and the love of wine has certainly been a social thing for us and something that our our love and, and interest in wine has grown together over the years. On our 10th wedding anniversary, we took our really one and only trip to Napa as well as the Sonoma Coast. And we came across this winery called Papietro Perry. And um, it was a Pinot Noir winemaker, wine family owned, family run, a beautiful winery, um, nothing, nothing overly commercial, uh, but but just a very intimate setting, and we fell in love with their wines. And uh, that is not the wine we are tasting. <laughs> I was like, I was like Wait. waiting for. The is he making a mistake here? I am not. That was intentional. Uh, I, I did find. I wouldn't say a better wine, but certainly more of a well-known, established wine in the same varietal, which is a Pinot Noir. Uh, I, 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 definitely our love and interest in Pinot Noir has developed over the years, very much so. Uh, so what wine did we choose? Uh, we chose William Selyam. So a little bit about William Selyam, uh, founded in an incredible year, uh, the year that Scott Heinle was born in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good nice. things happened in that year. Oh. That, that's the year I was born and adopted, if you will. Anyways, uh, what's interesting about William Selium is their first, it was born as a hobby between two gentlemen, Bert Williams and Ed Selium. And their first grape or wine was a Zinfandel, which they still make today. They make one uh, vintage a year of their Zinfandel. And that was produced or purchased from grapes by the Martinelli family. Uh, Interesting. Their first, yep, go ahead. Their first label was the Hacienda del Rio. That was the label. The William Selium label actually was not born until 1983 or four, I believe. Today they have about 22 different vineyards which is a very interesting thing. And I think I would hope Bart, maybe you can expand on that a little bit. And I find that, you know, with Cab and some of these big bold wines, it, there aren't that many, the, the winemakers have a vineyard, if you will. Whereas with Pinot, Poppy and Perry, they probably have 15 or 16 different vineyards. William Selium has, like I said, around 22 vineyards. So you get these kind of very intimate um and low production um vintages if you will with a very very wide range in flavors and and um uh, you know the palettes and all of this stuff so let's talk a little bit about that but a couple other known kind of 
winning points, if you will, with William Selium is uh, in uh, 2007, wine enthusiasts gave William Selium a 100-point score. Awesome. Nice. Which was the first time that a major wine of California Pinot Noir received a perfect score. So a pretty prestigious winery uh, for sure. And um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy this wine. It's delicious. Uh, Pinot and Red Zinfandel are always my go-tos, and that is heavenly. So thank you for introducing me to that. I have always loved not Pino. <laughs> hey, Nick. I'm going to interrupt you. I can't hear you. Can you lean closer to the mic? Yeah. Well, we can do that. Yeah. They, they, the wines from this winery are fantastic. They're all of them. Um, and Scott introduced me to them. And as we know, if you listen back to last year's episode, uh i'm getting into pinos thanks to bart it's, it's <laughs> converting so what we are drinking is the 2017 vintage of the william selium estate vineyard which is a russian river valley wine so what you'll get i think is some dark cherry and some raspberry but but being at 2017 very smooth uh we are currently in the window for drinking this wine and um, it's it's wonderful for those listeners that have not been to russian river or that part of the napa valley um or sonoma uh within that valley it is fantastic for 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 me and my wife we have been venturing further and further up in that area because it's not as saturated, you you find some of these hidden gems, and and you can find some really really good wines up there, um, and this is a perfect representation of that area. Yeah, I I have I have to agree. The Pinot Noirs that come out of that region are amazing. I think the terroir is perfect for it. The temperature from the ocean, the fog that comes in at night. Um, Scott, I'll add on to your um characteristics i think there's some strawberry um some cranberry maybe a little cinnamon um and to your point as well you know pinot noir has a vast uh spectrum i think from very light to very full-bodied and so if someone says they like pinot noir you really have to kind of drill down well do you you like the more full-bodied you like the light uh myself I am on the more full body, about as full as you can get before it becomes like, <laughs> like that bronc or something along those lines. Um, but I, uh, that's my. So chance. some examples of your your preferred full body Pinot would include. Uh, so this for sure, Costa Brown, Sea Smoke, um, uh, in this uh, Sandy Inez region, uh, Fess Parker, Babcock. Uh, there's some great full bodies coming from New Zealand and the, uh, the wineries I don't have off the top of my head, but you actually turned me on Scott to a few. So if, if they're available, I always go uh, to New Zealand. Uh, Antica Terra in Willamette Valley. So I, I like some of the wines that are coming from that region. Me too, very much so. Yeah, yeah this is a damn good wine. I mean, I don't know if that's because it's the third wine we're tasting. 
Um, it's very good. But it's definitely a full-bodied Pinot. It, yeah. it, this is way more my speed. If you're if you're looking for a, a Pinot that's got some oomph behind it, yeah, uh, this would be perfect for your holiday festivities. And then Scott, Nick, what would you pair a Pinot Noir with during the holidays? Oh man, this one could almost go with the full meal. Like you could do this with the turkey. You can do this with the turkey and gravy. Amazing. Uh, uh, if the turkey had cranberry, that's kind of the, the the kind of the distinguisher. And I know because that was where I got kind of hit on my sommelier test because I I chose a buttery <laughs> Chardonnay for a buttery turkey, and I I got slapped that. Because of the cranberry, <laughs> Pinot Noir. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I, I chose this was because I think this is your quintessential pairing for a Thanksgiving yeah. dinner with your turkey or your honey ba honey baked ham, and I, I just think this wine pairs so nicely with that meal. And in general, too, I mean, beyond the holidays, it's what beyond champagne. I think it's one of the most versatile uh, salmon goes great with. So there's your fish chicken it goes great with um and um you know a lighter red meat i was just gonna pipe in so i have not had meat of any kind in over 20 years so i'm a seafood only girl or vegetarian so would you put this with risotto would you put this with fish oh yeah oh yeah fish. risotto for sure okay so especially if the risotto let's say um salmon had cramp like like if it was mixed with cranberry, something like that. I think it would be the perfect match. Okay. Um, or, fish, or let's say a um, like a swordfish with a heavier tomato, uh, with a tomato vodka cream sauce. Would That's be really hungry. Perfect. Whoa. Sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great idea. <laughs> Good one, Scott. Good choice, Scott. My, my job is done. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Danielle? Yeah, it's really good. Doesn't have any like. Kind of like bittery, like the tannins, like, like not too sweet, like either. the Nick tannins that are yeah. that are bound <laughs> bound to hit us here pretty soon. We're, we're working oh, our way up. Yeah. No, I stepped outside the comfort zone with mine. We're 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 throwing you a curveball. Soften, okay, all right. I like yeah. that curveball. I like that. Coming from the baseball guy, I gotta I gotta get in some curveballs in there. <laughs> all right. So, how are we feeling? Moving on. Yeah, really good. Okay, ladies. Yeah. All right. We're ready. Guess you might have. Oh Do no, we're gonna go. No, glass? no, we're going to the next class. <laughs> I'm I'm already starting to so, fall behind. Um, I don't know about you all in Texas, but here in California, we do have our varietal specific glasses. How about you all? So it's y'all, and um... <laughs> <laughs> right. I've actually gotten a few emails recently where Bart has said y'all, and I went, hey, no. He's picking it up, okay. He's hanging out with us too much. He's, 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 hanging, he's hanging out with someone. He'll speak to you about this offline, but he'll mention, he'll talk to you about Moxie's. Oh, um, listen, I was in Moxie's before y'all were at Moxie's, so. Oh, touche, touche, touche. Uh, an Eagle Scout is always prepared, so we have our proper wine glasses. Thank you. Nice. Oh, I do see that. Oh, very I nice. like it. Look at that monster. Yeah. Yeah. We are ready. Next, next variety up on deck. I'm trying to decide what class. I think for us here, let's use our Pinot Noir glass for this next pour, and then we'll save the uh Cab Sauv glass for the final two. Fair? Okay. That means 
chug a lug. <laughs> so what that means is keep the glass. All right. So that prompt goes in the Pinot. Yeah. So in the. So everyone knows what I am pouring is a Cab Franc. From Brave and Maiden. Brave and Mary, Maiden in the Asante Inez. I'm sorry, Tish. That was a that was a bad, messy pour. Twice now. <sighs> bad psalm. Very bad psalm. Um, there is much conversation to be had, I think, about a Cab Franc. Yeah, um, and Scott, you and I have in, um, spent some time over a Cab Franc and... Uh, Really, I'm starting to appreciate it. So in the, you know, I think we all change over life, right? Our tastes change and- I would hope so. Evolution <laughs> is a real evolution. thing. And while Pinot is still my go-to, I do find myself at times looking for something like, you know, just didn't quite do it for me. And if I'm, I'm having a bigger meal or if I just feel like I need something bigger and bolder and Fast forward a little bit over the last year or two, I've done some tastings. And matter of fact, I was I was happily exposed at Brave and Maiden at the winery in San Inez Valley. And part of the tasting was was a Cab Franc. And I thought to myself, I'm not gonna like this, but I'm doing a tasting, so of course I'm gonna, you know, try I'll, it. I'll go along and try it. And I was floored. I really, really yeah. loved it. If you look at the color of this compared, I know our you know, no words are now empty, yeah. right? Dish deeper, yeah. Yeah. darker. Right. If you take a smell, like what vintage? What vintage are we drinking? That's a great question. 2018. 18. Yes. Right. Good one, Paul. So, I mean, this probably could lay down for a few more years, but it's the oldest one I had so <laughs> <laughs> that I had two bottles of to share. Perfect. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Uh, to me, it adds a little bit more texture, a little bit more fullness. There's a little more earthiness, a little cigar, blackberry. So we're going from a Pinot Noir that's more cranberry, strawberry, cherry to more blackberry, cigar box, a little bit hint of oak, and a little more tannin. Um, I think uh, quite a bit more tannin. <laughs> going from that Pinot to this, this oh, is, well, okay. I would agree with you. this is way outside your comfort zone. So I oh. too am going out of my comfort zone for you. Yeah. Now. Yeah. This is, this is, so let's this take a try and then we'll have a little more discussion. It's a very interesting, um, winemaker because they make quite a, quite a wide range of varietals um and it seems as though they don't have any per se true consistency to the varietal that they may release from year to year do you have you noticed that i'm, I'm relatively new to their their offering but at the same time they're a relatively new winery there uh, uh i think he's chinese uh somewhere from from um Asian descent business owner decided I want to open a winery and came and found the vineyards in uh, Santa Inez, built a gorgeous winery and tasting room. And they are actually credited in the Santa Inez Valley for a different style of wine tasting. So old school traditional is you belly up to, I'm not saying this is bad. This is just what they do. You belly up to the bar and throw four glasses in front of you and you pour and taste, pour and taste, pour and taste. This is a sit-down experience with a one-on-one, -on -one, um, and they have little, not pods, but little 
you know, pods, little places where you can sit in a beautiful area. Uh, and it's a one-on-one -on -one experience and it's, it's quite nice. And so they're the first in the Valley to do that. Um, and so, yes, they do have others there. They have a blend, uh, cab Sauv, uh, but I can't tell you more about their, like their traditional offerings. Well, I've always been under the impression that the Cab Franc is the grandfather grape of the Cab Sauv. So it is along the same lineage, but slightly different. Is that correct? I will take that young man and, and help define help that. Help so me. in the region of Bordeaux, uh, there is a right bank and a left bank. So the more popular is the left bank, and that would be your your basic primarily Cabernet, um, maybe with a little bit of um, uh, Cab Franc or Merlot, but it's 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 definitely left bank Cabernet uh, Sauvignon based. The right bank is if I'm going to drink a Bordeaux, because as we all have learned here, I'm a Bo I'm a Burgundy fan of because uh, that's where Chardonnay and Pinot come from originally but on the right bank it's merlot and cab franc those are the primary um, varietals there so i can't tell you for sure if it's the uncle the father or grandfather of cab uh, sauvignon but it is in the same region it just makes a different wine and typically it is a blend grape so at that particular tasting which was maybe a year and a half ago when they were pouring a cab franc i'm like I know that's a blending grape, so I wasn't expecting much. And then since then, we were at an event recently, and what was the primary grape on that? Cab Franc. That's true. Yeah, yeah I yeah. remember. So we had a, we went to a, a they're a relatively new winery. Cab Franc was so it's making a name for itself. That's right. Mm, very uh, true. And I, for a lot of people, I think they would much enjoy a Cab Franc, and they can probably save a lot of money than buying a Napa cab Sauvignon where because of the name, because of the region, they can get a cab franc from the same region, same winemaker and probably save a lot of money and have a similar experience uh, with their tasting. Now cab franc, cab sauv, slightly different, but it's gonna be in the general vicinity um, of flavor wise. So um, I, I do agree with you, um, I think flavor wise, but again, I'm not a big tannin, like slap in the face yeah. kind of guy. And I think these tannins are very, very um, silky, uh, smooth. And I, I just think it's much softer than, than a Cab Sauv, but, but with the, the same flavor characteristics. Absolutely. Correct. There's, a, there's a winery in the same region as, as this wine we're drinking, Firestone. And they- Yep, great winery, great wine club because you're in this family of multiple um, wineries. Um, but they have a Cap Franc, and theirs is is similar in flavor but big in tannin. And I much prefer this one. And and I'm a tannin guy, but I like this subdued, more smooth. Like this, this is great. It's a great wine. It really is. It's a perfect example of, you know, you think about, um, you know, my, my mind goes a lot of times to, to 
the the dollars, the cent, you know, <laughs> the financial side of things. That is our business. <laughs> so I, you know, <clears throat> like immediately when I go to a menu, just giving some in, insight to the audience and listeners. If you can find a Merlot or a Cab Franc that you do enjoy, you're usually going to find those at a reduced price as compared to that of a, a cab, uh, you know, less markup. Find those opportunities on the menu that might be one and a half times retail or two times retail. And those are your, you know, your bargain buys. Um, and so in many cases, you get an extremely wonderful wine. And Bart, you could talk to the Merlot in a minute, but find a Merlot, find a Cab Franc that you, that you do, uh, you enjoy. And if you see that on the menu, in most cases, it's going to be at a very, very fair price. Yeah, totally agree. And I almost brought a Merlot, and it, so it was a coin toss between a Merlot and a Cab Franc, but everybody knows Merlot, and not as many people know Cab Franc, so I was trying to be unique. <laughs> Absolutely. And we've talked plenty of times. And, you know, if, if anyone wants intel on Merlot's, go to the previous four episodes of this. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. That's true. We spent a lot of time talking yeah. about that. Yes. So great, I, I, great, great selection. Beautiful wine. Absolutely love this. Um, I don't know if knowing you and being a friend and a kinship with you. A roommate is an asset or a detriment. <laughs> I, I already signed up for their wine club as we were talking here. So <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> Classic multitasker. <laughs> but Scott, I do think we're, I, I kind of feel like we're pulling Nick over to our side. I mean, 100%. Oh gosh. Well, I told you the other day you were, he was in, he was, he almost fell out of his chair. It was a Sunday afternoon. We're watching football. I'm, I'm actually grilling a steak, believe it or not, which does not pair directly with the Pinot Noir. And I said, Nick, what wine would you like me to open? Let's open something very nice and enjoyable for both of us. And what were the words that came out of your mouth? I don't remember. A Pinot Noir. <laughs> yeah, Scott was a good time. Right? Uh, no, he wanted was, me to oh, open yeah, a Pinot I did, Noir. I did want a Pinot. I said, do you want a Merlot or a Cab? And he said, no, no. open a open Pinot Noir. Pinot. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my okay. gosh, I need to get yes. a right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is amazing. Guys, you guys have uh, you have converted the unconvertible. So for, for the non-meat eater, you know, the nice thing also as well as a Cab to know about a Cab Franc is that you really aren't limited to pairing it with just meat and rich protein. It really, really also pairs well with your risottos, your vegetable flavors. Um, a vegetarian chili would be wonderful with this. I like it. This is good. Yeah. Very good. So, there you go. There we go. Um, speaking <laughs> of vegetarian, you're up, Paula. Ooh, I like it. Okay, okay. great. I thought I was last. So wonderful. it was a coin toss, but he kind of set you up. So Nick will be last. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. All right. Uh, we're going to go to our our big glass. Big glass. Okay. Glass All right. So, so I'm going to give um, some recognition to the grocery store, which is going to sound a little silly, but my go-tos being somebody who does not drink white wine traditionally um 
you know, I typically go to a Pinot or a Red Zinfandel, which is not something you would normally put with seafood or a vegetarian dish, but I like what I like. So long story short, I wanted to do something unique and different for this tasting. Um, you know, Belle Gloss and River Rain are things that I typically would go towards, but uh, the story goes, I was in Pavilions in Newport Coast. Pavilions is a great wine store. Particularly the one in Newport Coast because it is huge and the wine selection is amazing. So, of course, I was in there and I said to uh, their wine manager, I said, you know, I'm looking for something unique and different. This is what I normally drink. And he said, well, let me give you a recommendation. So this wine we're about to taste is not something I've ever had. <laughs> what? <laughs> Must be your favorite. No, no, no. This is <laughs> my favorite wine. I want to serve this at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so you see thank, thank you for volunteering. We're but testing. I do like your uh, right. I do like how you? Work. I am smart. So he said to me, he said, "List oh your gosh. favorites." So my favorites traditionally are Rombauer Zinfandel. Red Zinfandel is delicious. Bell Gloss, Clark and Telephone, Pinot Noir is one of my favorites. And he said, if you've never had. Jay Ducey's Red Zinfandel, do yourself a favor and try this. So I am trusting him. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is I sent this to Bart before the show and I said, hey, this is my wine selection. And his response was great choice. It's a wonderful <laughs> winery. So I felt better <laughs> about bringing it Pass, to the show. Check one. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, but Scott, of course, Nick. <laughs> I did some research, right? Being a publicist, I always like a good story. So I do like the story behind um, Jay Ducey. So this wine we're about to have. Um, so a couple fun facts. Uh, Zinfandel grapes were actually the first varietal that have been planted in the region being in Paso Robles. So that's a that's fun true. fact. And Jay Ducey actually has the largest crop of Zinfandel grapes in all of California. They have for many, many years. So this wine, um, Jay Ducey stands for Janelle Ducey, and she is a fourth generation farmer of Zinfandel grapes. The wine is not Italian, but their family is Italian. So to me, that's a nice nod to my heritage. Um, you know, Red Zinfandel does sort of get a bad rap. People associate that with being a cheap wine or something that's not well made. And she has made it her mission to prove the opposite, which I also love. Um, and to quote her, she says, I hope that they see Zin as a serious wine and that in Paso Robles, we're really passionate about it. It's something that grows well here. And so there are those of us that are extremely devoted to it and we're excited to be working with it. So... I have no idea how it tastes. It was just poured oh, into my glass. I hope are, you like it. You're killing me, but I do appreciate <laughs> you have a great team here. <laughs> I have a great team and good news. If you don't like it, it's not going to be served in two <laughs> weeks from now. <laughs> so let's see what everybody thinks. All right. Okay, first thoughts is Zanberg and go. I feel a little more and so Nick, I think the, the the progression was right. I feel more tannins here I than I do at Franck. I agree. I think it needs a little more swirling. Okay, Heinla, you're up. What are your thoughts? First of all, I would say, if nothing else, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, that's an opener. First and foremost, I am always honest. 
So usually you and me both. Right. Usually a peanut, uh, not a peanut, a Zinfandel, big pepper, tobacco box. Yep. Like it, it's, yep. it's really, oh yeah. Most yeah. Zins are all pepper. Anise, tar. What's anise? What's, what's that? Black licorice. Oh, okay. There we go. No. Yeah. Normally that's what you're going to get out of the Zinfandel. And this has that pepper. It has the definitely that, pepper. It has that pepper. Definitely some white black licorice. White. Definitely black licorice. Yeah, yeah. But I think, those but ones. I think it's balanced with like it's some very good. So I, I feel the like the dark. I think that's very the, good. The tar and the tobacco, and then the like the red mm -hmm. cherry. Wow, Tish, what do you think? I didn't pick up <laughs> tar, <laughs> tobacco. Tish is four glasses in. She's just drinking right now. That's okay. <laughs> 100%. 100%. She's going. She, I'm like, this tastes good. I like it. This is going to be on ghost protocol right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I like it. It's good. I don't taste any <laughs> of the tar and tobacco. Does it taste like the previous wine? No. It's much lighter. For people than that know that wine. her and my banter. No, lighter. <laughs> Anybody else wants to chime in? Danielle, what are your thoughts? Well, it is definitely not lighter than the last wine. Not a fan. No, I so taste a, the, a lot of black licorice, but uh, that's, yeah. I don't like that. And that's my first sip. I was like, oh, this great is kind of funky. So I don't know if great. it's like I get. I honestly, I get like a bitter, a bitter chocolate flavor to that a little bit. Um, like ninety percent dark. Which is that's you either have to like that or or not. Mm -hmm. So, so it's interesting. I love Rombauer's Red Zinfandel, which if you've had that, it tastes it almost tastes like candy to me. It is just sweet and delicious and light. Um, this tastes almost the opposite of that. It's a little yeah. bit mm -hmm. uh, bitter. It yeah. tastes yeah. very peppery to me. It's a bit strong. I'm not going to say that I don't like it, but it's not what I'm used to, which I love what I'm used to. So I may just stick with what I'm used to, but I am glad to have ventured out and tried this. Well, um, I have a bottle of uh, Molendosh for your, uh, Molderbosch yeah, for your. Like, like, you know, <laughs> so I, I, get, I get like, um, you know, how cocoa has that bitterness to it, you know? Yes. Like, yes. Cacao. Yeah. I mean, so I get that. I get. I definitely get an earthiness, which I don't typically get with this infidel, and I for sure get spicy, a little bit of spiciness to this. I get a lot of spice yeah, to I this. Yes. And here's the the whole it's irony. It's a different that, zin than no I spice. Huh? No, no, the irony is Paula as the pescatarian, can I say that? Or you want to say vegetarian? We'll go pescatarian. Pescatarian. None of the wines she ever chooses matches your food palate. Never, no, ever, ever. Yeah, I have not had anything other than seafood or veggies, and I mean like, it's over twenty two. Like it's like twenty two years, years or yeah. something like that. And every so. time we've been together, like, hey, can I give you this white? No, I am not drinking white. Not a white well, fan. So, to all of our pescatarian listeners, I would, I would not, not suggest <laughs> drinking this with. Fish. I think Scott is one hundred percent correct. Yeah. please yeah. listen to him. But I will tell yep. you, it's not here today. We've had it before. Rom Power Red Zinfandel is heavenly. If you have not had it, it's always in my house. I don't care what time of year it is. <laughs> and it pairs, in my opinion, yeah. very well with lots everything. and lots of fish options. I mean, <laughs> or everything. I, would like so, I mean, yeah, I, I, this I wine is a fantastic wine that would pair well with a ribeye, with, with 
with a ribeye steak, prime rib, a prime rib for the holidays. Yeah. It, yes. it, it would do really well for that. Yeah. And, and Nick, wouldn't you agree that uh, Zinfandel, the kind of like a Pinot Noir, that you have very mild and you have very bold, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then, so Paula's Rombauer is going to be like the fruit, um, and I say this not with judgment, but like a fruit bomb, more or fruit forward. Fruit bomb. It is. That's a word. No, but it yeah. is. That's a, that's a thing. It is. That, exactly. Uh, yeah, and this Which is most of the Zinfandels that I've had experience with are more of what you're describing. Yeah, definitely not of this. Which, to be honest with you, I my palate when I think when I would prefer a Zinfandel, it would it would be more of this. But this is very different than any Zinfandel I've ever so, had. Correct. So that I, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. So my classification of this would be more of an old world Zinfandel. Oh, interesting. So Ooh. one that would have been made in Europe, Makes like sense. like mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Italy, right? Nick Zinfandel, Italy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, which makes perfect sense. Yes, and more earthy, more tar uh, versus the California fruit bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a that's a that's a, a perfect comment for any of the listeners uh, when they're looking and it says old world Zinfandel versus just oh, yeah. Zinfandel. The taste, the 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 profile between those two is going to be unique. Those old worlds are going to be the more earthy, bigger, right? Not fruit, right. Bomb, as we have yeah. said. So that yeah. that really does when you're looking at a menu, when you're when you're trying to figure out if you're going to like this wine, does make a difference. Yeah. Great point. A very well, bold move, Apollo, for a risotto dish to go <laughs> in Fendale. I, I like it. It's called R and D, research and development. <laughs> I've done this two weeks in advance, so quite wise on my part. There'll be Rombauer on my table, <laughs> just so you're aware. Animal de Roche, yes, and Vouv, and maybe a few other things. All right. So this is, uh, and Scott, you had brought this to our attention uh, when you and I chatted a couple of days ago. This will be the first show where we actually had two of the same varietal. So this could be like Nick. I'm somewhat expecting your zin to be a completely different taste profile maybe a fruit bomb if so? i knew this was a I competition a whole different approach i was not yeah. aware nick different. next year i'm just saying <laughs> and i love the name it's great okay are we gonna do we move on from this are we speaking about this we are moving on what is your story? You have to finish your I, I don't. I don't actually. What is your story? This is, and, and by the way, where this is, wait. Are you pulling? What are you pulling the cab franc? Or are you pulling, pouring your uh, chicken? No, this okay. is black chicken. black chicken. You're not supposed to be looking at me. I think we need to introduce this wine, Zambergen. Please no, tell this, us what you're like. Just so you know, I was taking the last sip of the Pinot. Because it is liquid gold, and I'm going to pour <laughs> this into <laughs> here. Why is my always no? To I make room. That's from the make room for the. All right, so we're drinking chicken. Robert Bialy Black Chicken. Great name. I came up with the name Black Chicken. Okay, here's the story. It's very unique. So. Yes, you really did. Thank you for the uh, the layup. I appreciate it. So 
this was a, a it's a small family owned winery in Napa Valley, um, like the Oak Knoll district of Napa. So kind of right, right by downtown, right? right. Not too far right. off. Um, now it's this small, tiny, tiny place. It's not this big, massive uh, compound at all. Um, and so basically Aldo and Clementina Bialy um, were married. Clementina is from Italy, Aldo born and raised in Napa. So he's a Napa guy. And uh, so they were essentially making wine for themselves. They were selling grapes. They were just doing kind of like a side hustle business and they were were trying to make some money and they essentially because of prohibition and the they didn't have the license they had this phone line that was a secret phone line and when people called in they said when they needed a, uh it would have been 1937 ish okay yep, yep. Okay. I was going to say it was 30s, 30s, 40s. Thank you for testing us. Thank you for testing us. Appreciate that. Um, And so people would call in on this secret phone line and they would ask for a black chicken. And black chicken, meaning they wanted hooch. They wanted their, their, their wine, their special family wine from the Bialy family, which is really cool, right? In they're in the 40s making this wine and they're calling it black chicken. So no one knows what they're talking about because it's just farm country in Napa at that time. There, there is no wineries. There is none of that. Right. So um, really cool. Anyways. So they, they have a son um, named Robert and uh, in 1991, he turns it to a legitimate business. And he essentially, once his parents pass away, it's called Robert Bialy Vineyard. So that's where it comes from in 91. Oh, he did it after his parents passed away. Right, right. Oh. I know, I know. So in 91, they, they established the vineyard and they they really love Zinfandel. That's, that's what they specialize in. How I got introduced to this is through my parents. So... Um, many of you know, my. Um, if you've heard any of these podcasts, my parents are big winos, been been winery club members, and in one of their trips to Napa. Uh, wine, lovers. Spent, wine, wine lovers, Nick. Wine lovers. Yes, wine lovers. Yes, you can say that. Um, they found this sleepy little vineyard winery in Napa and joined the club. And uh, so I have known them since I was young. So since uh, Thanksgiving, uh, we would always have Bialy, and they've been club members since the 90s. And so the Black Chicken is their flagship wine. It's what made them popular, made them, you know, really famous, put them on the map. And they make all types of, of Zinfandel, Zinfandel blends now. And the Black Chicken still is their flagship the one that's mo most commonly uh, seen in stores, distributed. And it, it's a great wine. It's a great wine for pairing. It's not what we just had in terms of big, bold, <laughs> punch your face. It's much more subdued. It's not what we just had. <laughs> I will say, Nick, this reminds me so much of my Rombauer Zen that I love. It's so Boom. smooth. I mean, it's it just delicious. 
but I am glad that I brought something that people don't like. So you know. <laughs> so you know. No. Like not to buy, right? If if that is not your thing. So not Nick, she's bringing your wine to her. Yeah, giving. yeah. Thank you, Nick. Nick, this immediately. I took a drink mm. and I was like, "Oh, this is good." So it <laughs> gave really me good. appreciation. I, I'm so glad I bought. <laughs> I brought it here instead of buying half a case for Thanksgiving. Exactly. I mean, this was smart. Exactly. Right. No, no the I, difference I, between yours and this old world, like oh, those should have been switched, world. right? The, the the black chicken should have been before, where it's a little more subdued, Agreed. a little easier to pair. Whereas yours is let's let's finish off with some chocolatey dessert, <laughs> big old steak, you know. I agree completely. Yeah. You know, I I uh, what is it called when you typecast or prototype? I like Nick is big, big bold tannin, so his wine right? is class. So I yeah, I literally sent Bart the the wine options I wanted to pick, and he goes, no, no, no. Nick's a big wine guy. I'm like, okay, I'll change my bring choice. It down. Hold on. I'll bring something different. <laughs> I told you, Bart, you have you have converted me. I have lightened uh... and mellowed. So I, so I, I, will, I will commend you. Thank you. Incredible story. Your intellect and um, understanding of this wine is very impressive. Okay. What else I, I fact-checked you all the way through. Okay. You are 100% accurate in your story of Pioli, which is exceptional. Perfect. Um, the fact that there is a Napa Zinfandel dating back to the 40s is pretty impressive of a small family winery. Um, to your point, Bart, th this is categorized as a new age Zinfandel, which makes perfect sense in the way that it tastes and the way that it drinks. Yeah. But at the same great, time, great selection. This was the first in Paso Robles in general, in California in general, Zinfandel grapes were the first grapes of their kind to be planted. Yeah, in Paso Robles. So, yeah, right. for sure. That's so great. it's important to know. Right. Exactly right. Yeah, this is, this is um, you know, it's interesting because you look at the different wines that they do have, which predominantly is Infandel, and they have a number of varietals um, or vineyards. I, I don't know how they exactly they do call them blocks. Blocks. So they're like flagship block is the Aldo, which is the father, right? The the founding father of of the the vineyard or or winery um that is their flagship one so what's the price point on an aldo i love scott that you asked the price point that's a hundred dollars around a hundred bucks for a bottle okay. okay whereas the the bialy black chicken is around depending 45 to 50. and you can get it at you can get it at whole foods you can get it at um bevmo I mean, for a lot of people, that's important. The price, Correct. Wines, I would say, yeah. for a 50 ish dollar bottle of wine all day long, this is wonderful for anybody who likes a red wine. Yeah, Correct. yeah. and easy to get. Like, it's not one of those ones you got to be on a list. You got the, the black chicken you can get, uh, any of the exclusive ones, a little tougher. I feel like um, chicken might be at my uh, Christmas dinner, guys. Sweet. I have a no chicken Thanksgiving policy. <laughs> 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 That's great. 
Just uh, a note to your Italian heritage, Paula. I, ha I have Italian roots too. So this. Oh, you uh, do? I sure do. Yes. Yes. Are you but Sicilian? The, I am. That's funny you asked. Yes. Oh, you are. Look at yes. spirits. They're I bonding right now. Right. We got a bond. I no, but, but Clementina, the, the wife, right, that founded this, is, was born in Italy. Oh, my gosh. Aldo was born in Napa, hilariously. Aldo Bialy, the most Italian name you can find, was born in Napa, California. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, right. Hey, Scott, is it a negative that I've signed up for three wine clubs while we've been on this <laughs> no, podcast? <laughs> no, I feel like I'm going to be out right behind you, Scott. <laughs> the more you drink, the more you sign up. <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, Scott, that's always price, the problem. Scott, price point on yours, 80-ish? So <clears throat> it's, a, it's a 17 William Selium. Um, that's a little age. The price point is going to be around 110. So it... Huh. You know, uh, Bart, you can speak to this. It, it, it's very much comparable to that of a Costa Brown in terms of its price point and availability. Yeah. Um, your access to a William Selium is certainly going to be through a wine club, right. uh, registration, a wait list. Yeah. Uh, th th it's not, it's not, it's not massively produced. You know, it's limited in quantity. If you have interest, you would definitely want to sign up for their wine club. Uh, it's definitely one of those wines, as you can speak to Bartware on the menu, it's going to be a 3X, um, 4X type of a thing. It's going to be a premium. Yeah. 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 One of those things that, that people can un maybe don't understand that are listening is when you sign up for a wine club, you're not necessarily signing up to purchase anything. You're just signing up for an allocation. Just getting access to be able yeah. to purchase their wines and getting a newsletter and getting information about the winery. So a lot of times if people want information and, and have access to wines, it's important to be able to sign up, right? You're, you're signing up for the winery and then you have an option to purchase wines. Yeah. You know, I'll drill down a little bit from that. I think there's there is two categories. There's one, there's allocation and there's club. And the club, you're gonna get whatever they want to send over whatever particular period. And that's one. And some people like that, and some people don't. And the allocation is this is what you have available for you. Uh, and then there's if you want more, here's your wish list. Um, and I I, I like of, the latter. Of late, I've been doing more of the wish list as opposed to like here's some. Like, this is what you're getting, whether yeah. you like it or not. Yep. I'm sure everyone has that experience, but for yeah. me personally, I started when I didn't know anything about wine. You guys yeah. are very much more seasoned than I am. But in the beginning, it's trying different flavors was amazing by different vineyards, being able to be exposed to different right. wines that they offered. But then later on, I realized I had flavors that I really liked and I yeah. wanted to kind of stick to that. Yeah. So the, the second option is the one I. I lean to again this is this is uh tina um like she didn't love her hear this so <laughs> i have canceled well actually she would this part she'll like i've canceled several wine clubs <laughs> and they have maintained and possibly increased some very um nice wine allocation <laughs> yeah. i mean if I, so i think this is valuable for any listener um a couple of things that you know tish made the comment of 
you know, maybe I'm, I'm less sophisticated in my palate than than y'all using a Texas term, uh, and that and that's fair. But the point, the point, the point of wine really is you drink what you enjoy and you drink what you love, and there's no wrong answer to that. Uh, and your palate will evolve. Your palate will develop over time. That's the most important and funnest part of the journey. It's a very social thing. It's a personal thing. And so find what you love and take note of that. Uh, from a wine club or a wine allocation perspective, I think the advice I would give to anybody in, in, in that category is don't necessarily sign up for a wine club or a membership if it's something that you can get at any brick and mortar store. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah. Seek out seek out those wines that are limited in quantity, limited in available availability, and sign up for those. You know, invest invest, and that's the right term, I think. Invest in that, and you'll be much better off in in your procurement of wine over time. Um, we all kind of make this mistake of you know we 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 go to these wineries, we enjoy the experience, we get caught up in the social aspect of things. And there's a definitely an element of that. Um, but if the wine is available, readily available, like a Rombauer Zinn at your, you know, at any, that's a wonderful thing. That, that's a convenience of you love a wine that you can get any day of the week, any place, anywhere. Uh, whereas a Bart is more of a person um, to all of the listeners who loves a Costa Brown, who loves some more of these sophisticated Pinot Noirs that are less available. And, and so in that, you have to be invested in the allocation. Well said. Well said. <laughs> Mic drop. All right. Uh, since we have gone way, way, way <laughs> over and poor Danielle has stayed so, so late. Uh, Although she's happy over here. We're yeah, keeping she... her company with Enjoying every class All right. that we're enjoying. We're going to work our way around the group, starting with you, Scott, Nick, Paula, Tishmi. Favorite holiday dessert? What? Oh my God. It's a, a non-wine question. Well, what if you don't like dessert? Huh? Nah. No, okay. your favorite dessert. Okay. You want cheese, bread, whatever. Scott, Daniel, you're... Oh, what, what, no, you're why do you do that to me? I, just I know, right? That's not very nice. By the way, this is like seven bottles in. Can't we just summarize? I, I said at the beginning of the show, I guarantee <laughs> it's going to be a, curveball. It's a sloppy ending. <laughs> a sloppy ending. Um, my my mother-in-law, who is an incredible person, uh, she loves to bake. One of her favorite things is baking over the holidays with my boys and that warms my heart so that's part of that the second part of that is uh in particular what she makes and bakes with the boys that i love is a apple cranberry oh. cobbler oh. can i have some can i order yes coming to texas <laughs> We're coming. Sweetheart, I will put you on a plane. And oh my God, I, he called I, me sweetheart. He's, he's that's definitely it. from Texas if he called you sweetheart. <laughs> no, no, no. That's where that's where we say bless your heart. Bless, bless your heart. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'll take an order for sure. You want to come to the ranch? 
Yes. Anytime you can come to the ranch and we will show you our yeah, apple and cranberry cobbler. Our flights are booked tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow <laughs> evening. <laughs> okay, Nick, dessert. Cannolis. Ooh. He is yes. Italian, right? Are you kidding? Cannolis. It is an interactive experience with the family of making the shells and stuffing the shells and dressing them how you want. That is my go-to. I bake nothing. In fact, everything I bake burns. Minus my cannolis. My cannolis are delish. So, yes, Nick, you and yeah. I, oh, my God, we are we bonded. ever had your... Cannoli. I will. I next year I will bring cannolis. They're so good. Okay. They're not. To wait you for know. Next year. I'll bring them actually for New Year's. Maybe. Done. It's a yeah. This, like this year. Right. They are not calorie friendly. They are taste friendly. I'm We're, just warning you. We are good until December 31st. So in fairness, in fairness, I've been hearing about these cannolis for the last four years, three years for sure. That's uh, actually true because I do bring them up every year. Okay. Fair enough. Time. I will make everyone at least a few. To enjoy, they are so good. <laughs> I know it's my grandmother's recipe. It's delicious. Done. I will make it. Okay. Okay. It's on the record. We should, we should have a side by side. We should do like a side by side. Oh, it's oh no, my grandmother's no. recipe it's too. So it'd be great. Oh my god. Okay, listen. Nick, Everything had to have uh -oh. the family does not lose. I'm just saying. Oh so this you've is got, the Italian you've right got now. a very Those competitive like, Italian over here. <laughs> here if you want it, if you want to have a competition, I'm happy. But you want to do it? Get it. The Lesquios versus <laughs> your Morinellos and the Favelas. Oh my gosh! This I is like where intense, this is going. Right? Okay. Okay, Danielle. Yeah, you're next. All right. So mine would be one of my grandmother's recipes as well. It's a called a panucci cake, and it's a, like a butterscotch kind of coffee mm. yeah. frosting with a yellow cake, all homemade from scratch. That Delicious. sounds heavenly. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Very rich. You just have like a tiny slice, but it hits oh. the spot. And yeah. you still, oh, let, uh, at some An point Indian when feast. Scott comes back here, an Indian <gasps> feast for Scott and I. Yes, I know. At mom's house. At my mom's house, or I'll bring it to the office. My mom's house Whichever. Hectic. <laughs> we like hectic. Either one. Either one is good. We right. do like hectic and we welcome yeah. We yeah. welcome hectic. Yeah. Hectic, like what? Two grandkids, two puppies, six kids. Yeah. 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 No, hectic. you have to stop because when I see Perfect. the pictures of the puppies, I can't. Kids are one thing, but the puppies, yeah. I can't oh, get over. Perfect. Oh, my God. You're lucky I have not showed up at your house. I'm just saying. I know. It was like you messaged me and was like, bring him to the office. Barb messaged me. Bring him to the I office. I did. I was like, can they please come to the office? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. These dogs are amazing. Yeah, they're so cute. They're like vanilla and chocolate. Mm -hmm. So cute. Kish, you're not a dessert person, but. I'm not. Let us have it. So, Brandon's family, every year, makes chocolate cheesecake oh that sounds amazing. and it is actually amazing only each person can only have like a teeny Tiny little slice. bite because literally it is incredibly decadent yeah but it is amazing it's not overwhelming so i have to ask you a question it's very important very important which kind of wine okay. do i have with it <laughs> no 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 is it graham cracker crust <gasps> yeah oh yeah see 
Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in fact, they know that I like it, but I only have like a couple bites. So you need. They send me home with a slice that I, I typically throw in the freezer. And nice. at some point in the year, I'll eat it frozen. And I feel like it's even better frozen. Mm. Right. Nice. One bite at a time. All right, Bart, Mr. Health Conscious. What, what, he what is your? He eats dessert, you guys. Like Scott. <laughs> Not be like quinoa and kale. What sweets do you know that I like? Drizzled with you honey. Eat peanut dessert. butter cookies. Well, yeah. You like peanut butter. Wait, yeah. Danielle needs to chocolate. tell us more. Danielle, what have you learned? Yeah, what the, we... When we did the episode with um, Elise. Oh, the, the cookie. Girl. You're the she cookie said girl. She went to the office uh, and he was like, true. oh my God, we got to eat these. Chocolate and peanut, peanut butter. Like, yeah, okay. Chocolate and peanut butter together. Every yeah. event we've gone to that has a like and I was like, wait, you, you eat, eat the cookies? Dessert. What? So don't get it twisted. Our studio engineer, who is here for every show, can tell you Bart loves cookies. Yes. <laughs> he just has to work out more the next morning. Danielle, what else can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my I holiday. All the secrets. So my holiday dessert thing is a crumble crusted. <laughs> Thick, uh, crumble topped, thick crusted apple pie. Apple pie. Okay, homemade or where do you buy this oh. creation? Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Repeat that again. Oh, jeez. Apple geez, people, pie with crumble crust. Apple pie. That's that, what I said. But from where? From who? It, homemade. Uh, Marie Callender makes a pretty. Stop it. Scott, someone help me. I prefer homemade, but if. You know, if I have to. No, we're calendar. going homemade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, homemade. no, you're coming to the ranch. You are coming, you are coming you like, to the ranch. What kind of apples do you like in there? Uh, uh, I don't care. Really? Yeah, I don't huh. care. Okay. So Actually, no, no, no. For me, it's all about Granny Smith. It has it to has be to Granny be Smith. No, I'm. It's exactly yes. what I'm saying. It has to be apple. He, he doesn't know. He doesn't. Granny know. Smith. Yeah, exactly. He, he is a CFP sommelier. Let's give him credit where credit is due. That's all I know. Sweets yes. are not your expertise. <laughs> so I will tell you, if you're here in Orange County, there is a place called Lady M. Lady M originated in New York. Lady M makes the most delicious crepe cakes. So pumpkin uh, could be lime, could be lemon, could be cheesecake, could be whatever. Their cakes are made from 20 layers of crepes. 20? 20 Whoa, layers of wow. crepes. They're wow. handmade. There's a wow. location in Orange County. It's your only location in Irvine, and it is delicious. If you've never had it, I'm just telling you, it's the only place I get my Thanksgiving cakes from. Heavenly. Good to know. Good intel. Good to know. All right. Closing comments. Anyone, Scott, you're always good for something. I, I love y'all. I appreciate the time. We got y'all. I appreciate Lord's juice. Um, Lord's juice. <laughs> and till next time. Till, till next time. That's kind of perfect. That's right. Good. Well, this has been a great show. Thank you all for helping with your bringing great wines, your your notes, and everything that you love. But we're getting we're going to the holidays. And this is a time of gratitude. And so I would like to go around. Scott, I'm not going to call on you first because you look nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, last. But, but what are we thankful for? 
I mean, this is the time. What are we thankful for? This is a crazy time. The uh, we have we've been through a lot in the last few years, and there's still a lot going on as we are in holiday season 2022. And um, Tish, you were my first. Oh my person. gosh! I know. All right, here we go. So, thanks for making me first. Yes. Um, okay. You're, are you thankful for me, me making you first and you want to move on? I am thankful <laughs> for you, Bart, for sure. You have encouraged me to grow and develop over the years and continued growth and development. I'm thankful for all of our clients and trusting in us in their entire wealth and the tireless hours and nights that we, we put in for them. Um, I'm incredibly thankful for my family more than anything that allows me to do what I do and lean in to being able to be who I am authentically. And sometimes that could be crazy up hours at night and doing <laughs> what I do and allowing me to be who I am. I truly mean that. Sometimes I'm all over the place, but at the end of the day, like, I'm here for all for everyone and I pour myself into everything that I'm doing and for for everyone. So I hope at the end of the day everyone appreciates that and I'm I'm just thankful for all the people who support me to allow me to be crazy and hectic. And this is an amazing group of people by the way that's here on our podcast and we have grown and developed over the last 5 years and it's been amazing. We're survivors after <laughs> the survivor. pandemic and we have grown and yeah. developed and partnered all of us yeah. since then and just really just feel like yeah. the sky is the limit. And this is just step one to where we are going to go. And I really feel like we just have to be thankful overall for, for all the things that we've um, been able to achieve so far and where we're going. They're very good. Thank you. And thanks for being first. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is a big question. So being very transparent, it's unique to be here for the fifth year in a row, but there's a big difference between year four and year five for me. So um, I have developed a voice condition in the last 12 months that some of you know about. It's unique. But what I love about it is I'm sitting here a year later and I remember sitting here last year and it was challenging to be on this podcast. Um, because my voice wasn't cooperating. And so it's nice to be here today with my voice cooperating. Um, shout out to UCLA Medical Center for helping me kind of get through this process and navigate my new normal. And I would say to anybody who's dealing with um, any kind of a health condition, like it doesn't need to define you. It's what you do about it and it's the attitude that you choose. And um, that attitude that you choose will definitely direct, you know, your life's progression. So with that being said, I'm just grateful for my clients and friends in this room. I'm grateful for everyone's support and I'm excited about the future and whatever my lovely voice condition brings to me. So that's amazing. Thank you. Nick, you're up. Yeah. It's all about family for me. It's, you know, I'm so during this time, family is number one. Um, I unfortunately lost my grandmother yesterday. Oh, um, so it's like one of those things, you know, she, she was 90 years old. Like I'm not, I'm not hurting over it. She lived an unbelievable life. She was spitting fire to the end. <laughs> she lived on her own all the way until the end. 
you know, in her own house. Like she's an amazing, amazing woman. Um, So it's just be grateful for your family, your loved ones, everyone you're spending time with on a day-to-day basis because time is short. Time is valuable. All of us want more time in our life. You know, Heinle over here doesn't have enough time in his life. He's just going, going, going. All of us are that way, right? Not just him. So it's it's all about just like being in the present at that given moment. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time. Well said. Well said. Well said. Heinle. Close us out, sir. Who goes last? You or I, Bart? Well, there's oh, also got, Danielle. We've got you again, Danielle, and the um, most important hello, yeah, right? Exactly. Of course. Let, uh, if I may, um, just go. Let's let's let Danielle go. Okay. All right. I'm grateful for my family. I have a very close knit family that we've been through a lot together, and we're always there to support each other. Might like call each other out on our bullshit, but no matter like end of the I day, we're that. always together. And then yeah. also my boyfriend who pushes me to grow and be better and take care of myself and do the challenging things like need to wake up, go for a run, do those things. So grateful for that. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Nice. You're ready now, Heinla? I'm ready. <laughs> Um, you know, as, as Bart knows, I'm somebody who wears kind of my emotions on my sleeve. And part of that is certainly, a a a reflection of my upbringing and my perspective in life. And, you know, as a father raising two children, you know, your lens is, your lens is always shaped in, in your reality and, and the paradigm that you find yourself in. And, um, what I am thankful for in, in life is just my health and my wellness and the family that I do have. I, I'd be remiss to say that my life has been not without, um, challenges. It has not been without loss. And I would say many people's life is shaped through the lens of dealing with loss, uh, dealing with loss of a young one not just a person like your your grandmother of who lived a wonderful life and and lived life hopefully through the fullest and you're never prepared for loss but uh to be thankful for those people that are present in your life and uh, melissa and i we we recognized early on that there's this book it's not a groundbreaking book but it really shaped our focus and perspective on what where we should be investing our time and um, the value of relationships. And it's a book called, um, you know, what fills your bucket. There's many people in life who we are tied to for various reasons who, for whatever reason, you know, they don't necessarily fill our bucket. Um, They create drama, they create stress. They're just in our life. Um, And you can be very intentional in shifting that mindset of, I really, really want to be involved with people and partner with people and and develop relationships with people that make a difference in my life from a positive perspective and who fill my bucket. They don't necessarily drain my bucket, 
and it's not a nobody's perfect in this, but to really focus your your effort, your energy, in being really intentional and aware of not just your family, but also your friends and people you associate yourself with, uh, and surrounding yourself with people who fill your bucket. Very well, well said. I am. Thank you, sir. And you are one of those people. I am, I am blessed to hear you say that. And I am unthankful that I have to follow your perfect. <laughs> I mean, I think about it and I look at everybody here in this room and Scott and Nick, 10, 12, 13, 14 years of support and friendship. And Danielle, I think you were part of them. Seven years. Seven years. Paula, are we 10? I was going to say we're close to 10. Everything is a decade now. Gosh, I know. I know. It's crazy. I look back at pictures and I think I feel like that was yesterday, but it wasn't. It wasn't yesterday. No. It wasn't yesterday. I mean, Tish entered my life five years ago, Halloween. She doesn't remember, but I'm driving home and uh, she and I had made some contact through a mutual um, um attorney center of influence and i i look at the number and i'm and i'm driving up this mountain to my house and like there is no way this woman has called me it's halloween and she's got to take her kids out trick-or-treating and she talked for an hour <laughs> <laughs> like non-stop sounds like dish yeah, yeah. <laughs> you probably don't, you don't even you have no idea what i'm talking about do you totally remember like yesterday you do not <laughs> but i remember um but you all are key people in my life and it's just supported you know our practice our business we've been through so much in five years i mean it's incredible what we've done and where we've gone and um or i should say where we've gone and what we've done <laughs> That was backwards. That's the seven bottles of wine speaking. <laughs> um, and then the support from Scott and Nick and Danielle and, you know, obviously family and all the things that I have going on with, with, with family. And my life's a little bit busy right now with a little bit of travel. And, and But at the end of the day, I think it's, to Scott's point, it is relationships and it's, it's with the right people. There are, there's way too many people in our sphere to have relationships with. So if, if you have that core, I think that's the most important and you are all definitely part of my core and I'm thankful for that. So thank you and all. we're grateful for you. Thank yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> let's cheers to that. All right, let's cheers. Thank you everybody. Thanks Cheers. for everyone who this will also be the longest wine episode we've ever recorded. An hour and a half. I'm pretty probably. sure. And not that it's ended. We'll turn the mics off, but I yeah, keep going. I see seven half empty bottles here. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone who have tuned in. Have a great holiday. We look forward to being back in studio soon. Cheers. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting podcast.bartzanbergen.com. 
The Zernbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzernbergen.com. The contents of this podcast episode do not constitute an offer of securities or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities and may not be relied upon in making an investment decision related to any investment offering Access Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Access does not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the information contained herein. Opinions are our current opinions and are subject to change without notice. Prices, quotes, rates are subject to change without notice. Generally, investments are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed and may lose value.